Hello, dear listener. Welcome to episode six of the Tata Cancer podcast. Today, I have an interview with the meditation and breathwork practitioner, Stephanie Carson. She's honestly so much more than just that, and we'll get into all the specifics, but lovely, lovely person. She has such wonderful information for all of our listeners regarding the power of breathwork, how it may fit into your healing journey, and what exactly it does. So I've been doing a lot of breathwork at Unplug Meditation Studio, and it's been just so, so cool. Stephanie's going to explain it to you in more depth, but some people say that doing a breathwork session is, I think it's like doing like a year of therapy in an hour. It's it's really quite an experience and it's not just breathing. So yeah, it's it's not like yogic breathing. It's a, it's a little bit different than that. So I cannot wait to share this with you. And just to give you a little bit of updates on what's going on with my life, it is a really overcast day here in Los Angeles, which I'm loving to be honest with you because it's been back up in the 70s, which I'm sure anybody who lives in a cold state is probably going to flip me off <laughs> while they're listening to this. But it's, I mean, we we don't get a lot here in terms of seasons. And so Whenever I have the opportunity to turn on the heater, to bundle up with a blanket and get real cozy with my dog who gets extra cuddly when it's cold, which is such a great bonus, I jump on it. And we haven't had much of that this winter, so I am really loving it. I'm going to roast a chicken and uh, one of my favorite things is just the way it makes the house smell. It's just so, so cozy. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk to Stephanie, let's get into the episode. All right, let's go. Hello, and welcome to the Tata Cancer Podcast, where we will discuss the physical and mental elements of healing from a breast cancer diagnosis. My name is Junie Boucher. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a breast cancer survivor. When you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you're forced to make life-changing decisions with so much information that's really hard to sift through. My intention is to help provide you with the information you need to make a decision that's going to align your body, mind, and heart so that you can live your best life going forward. I'm going to be your new breast friend. Okay, let's do this. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Please always consult with your doctor for any of your medical needs. So I am super duper excited to introduce Stephanie Carson, who is a meditation and breathwork teacher, intuitive healer, Reiki practitioner, and she also does cacao sessions, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much Hi. for being here. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Great. So um, I figured we could go ahead and start just by you kind of talking about um what you do and uh, some of the science behind it. I mean, there's a couple different things here. If you don't mind touching on all of them, I think they would be wonderful to hear about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I know you through breath work, which is sort of mm. my first passion, my first love um, in a lot of ways. So for those that don't know, breath work 
oftentimes people hear the word breath work and they think it's a form of the Vipassana breathing for meditation, which it is, but it's a specific type of breathing pattern. So breath work is an the way I like to define it, it's an active therapeutic meditation that helps to clear stuck energy, stuck toxins, stuck emotions, um, stuck trauma that we store in our bodies. And mm -hmm. through this special breathing technique where you breathe through your mouth, a belly breath, a chest breath, and then an exhale, it over oxygenates your system and it helps to get you out of your mind and into your body. So in an experience, you may have a situation where you're, um, where you're like having this blissed out connection. Some people are amazed. They say it's almost like doing a drug without taking a drug. Um, yes. Some people have this massive clearing and might be in hysterical tears. You might um, feel your body clearing. I don't know if you've ever had any of the cramping or the clearing oh, yeah. in your physical the body. Yeah. Claws. Yeah, exactly. The tetany. Um, you know, and for me, for example, like when I do my own practice, my body shakes, which is like mm. my way of clearing. So it's really by far of all the things I've done, one of the most transformative, which is yeah. why it's sort of my passion um, in teaching as well, because what I love about breath work, I play music. I'm talking to you the whole time. So as a participant for those people that claim they can't meditate, I'm out, it doesn't work for me, like I can't do it. This is active and there's stuff happening the whole time. So I don't know, I mean, you can speak to a Junie as a participant of it, yeah. but it's a little more accessible in a lot of ways than some of the other meditation techniques and has a lot more sort of instantaneous Definitely. responses it's, to it. It's it's almost strangely, it's so simple, you know, how you're literally just doing that three-part breath over and over and over again, and you talking through it. I, I think that's a great point to make that if meditation feels too uncomfortable for you, that the breath work, it really helps access just getting out of the brain um, because you're talking people through it and you've been doing everything virtually for quite some time with the pandemic, right? Yeah. So it was interesting. I was trained to do my intuitive healing and Reiki distance, but I was like before the pandemic happened and it just so happened that my training was virtual. So because the person was out of state. And so I learned and I was like, I'm never going to do this virtually. Why would I ever do this virtually? I'm like, <laughs> I want to have hands on people. I want to be teaching in person. And then the pandemic happened and instantaneously I was able to flip everything virtually, which was amazing and such a blessing. And um, I know you through Unplug. So um, they've done everything virtually and breathwork has remained virtual. So yeah. my classes both at Unplug as well as my personal classes are virtual, but my private clients this summer, I started to move them outside in person um, and my classes are still virtual. So just to give people, yeah, a little bit more of a background. I mean, the session, the sessions that I've been doing with you in a group setting virtually are 45 minutes mm -hmm. and you kind of talk us into the session. I mean, the active breath, are we really breathing for 45 minutes? It goes so no. fast for me. Okay. <laughs> no. So everyone teaches the class a little differently. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But for me, I like to do sort of like a grounding theme for the class. So I'll start the first, I mean, if you really want to know the breakdown, it's about the first 10 minutes are a little bit more of a grounding meditation. There's something for you to think about, a theme, something that is present either in my life or in my clients, something that like perks to the surface for me, percolates to the surface of, of interest. Then you're breathing for about 25-ish minutes mm -hmm. because the last 10 to 12 minutes are deep relaxation. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the approximate breakdown, give yeah. or take a minute here or there, depending. And I love that in your specific classes, well, you're an intuitive healer. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing how I mean, Stephanie will speak to each participant and read the energy. And I will say it is, is mind blowing because you are in my head. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get intuitive healer. I guess that makes sense. But I mean, really, it's truly kind of this magical experience. I mean, how did you cultivate that? Like, how did you train for that? Is that something that you've always been a little bit intuitive? Yeah. So this is where I get into like the, the kind of wooey part of my, mm -hmm. my path. So I'm, you know, a mom of three, a never in my existence did I ever think this was what I was going to be doing for a living as we, you and I spoke about before we started recording. I mean, I was a corporate entertainment marketing executive. Like that's what I did from right? Like the total and, opposite of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was worried about, you know, was Coke or Pepsi going to be in the next X-Men movie? Not like, <laughs> let's start talking about spirit guides and connecting you with like through a computer, I can read your energy. And so when I was little, I sort of always had this ability, but oftentimes if you are brought up in a society where people might think you're crazy, you just shut it down. Right. So yeah. I shut it down for a big portion of my existence. I just, anytime I would have those things, you know, oftentimes things would happen where I would say something to somebody throughout my life and they'd be like, well, wait, how'd you know that? And I'm like, mm. oh, I, I don't know. I just, I think you told me or some, you know, I would make up an excuse for why I understood it. And then um, a number of years ago, a situation happened in my life and all of a sudden the like gates just flooded open and it was oh, no wow. denying it. And the universe was just like, you know, hitting me over the head time and time and time again. And so I've never woken up and been like, I think today this is going to be like, I want to be able to learn how to do this. It's just sort of happened. And then I look in the rear view mirror and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I can do this now. Or, and so I actually wear a bracelet that says, um, just keep swimming because mm. that's sort of been my journey with all of this. I found, and oftentimes <clears throat> with my clients, this is something that I'm helping them to understand. The more we force it, the more you, the universe is sort of like, no, 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 you're not in charge. Like you don't get to dictate and control this. The more yeah. we just settle into the flow of it, then for me, my experience has been, that's when everything explodes and opens. So yeah. I've just sort of surrendered into this. And so I started as a crisis meditator. I had you know, young kids at home. I was stressed. My husband was traveling constantly. So I was home with these kids and literally for my own sanity, I started meditating and mm -hmm. that slowly led to a deeper 
interest in meditation, which led to first being um, introduced to this teacher who teaches and trains. Basically, everyone that's teaching breath work for the most part has learned from this one person or a person that's been trained by this person or something like that. So I was introduced to him for a session and then that sort of started me off. So from the breathwork teacher training, I went into the unplugged meditation teacher training. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, I was curious about my energy and I was feeling things and I didn't understand it. So I went and got my certificate with Reiki training then intuitive healing training. And then <laughs> no, that's it just amazing. sort of happened. It's just sort of one of those things. I never, I never had any intention of doing it. It just sort of, here I am. Yeah. And well, and Reiki is another thing I would love for you to kind of explain. I mean, it's, that's another, it feels very woo woo to a lot of people, but um, you know, with this podcast, we're touching on the woo woo a bit, so we don't need to be afraid of that, but I love to always give people some of the science and background behind things because there are reasons for these types of healing and Reiki. I mean, that's a, isn't that a Japanese form of. Yes. So, you know, it's from, it's an Eastern art form. I mean, it really is an art form for a lot of people. Um, I just turned to the right and like my Reiki manual just is like on my bookshelf the first thing I saw right now. Um, so Reiki works with our energy and you can go to, you know, any, so many spas now have Reiki as an offering in their, in their um, spas. Reiki works with our energy. So a Reiki practitioner is is trained to help move and heal the energy in your body by just, you know, some people hover their hands on top of you. Some people actually touch. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on you and the practitioner. So similarly to breath work, the way, I don't know if you've ever heard me use this example, but if you think of a measuring cup, you know, a one cup measuring cup can only hold one cup of liquid. So no matter what, if you put it under the sink, under the faucet, and you keep trying to put more water, the water is just going to spill over, but not stay in the cup because only one cup of water can fill in. Mm -hmm. So our bodies are made up of energy. So similarly, if you have filled your body with negative energy, other people's beliefs, old trauma, you know, old emotional and, you know, situations, there's no room in your body for new positive experiences or energy to come in. Mm -hmm. So you have to work to clear some of that out. So breath work is one way to do that. Reiki is another way. And do you use the Reiki in your breath work sessions? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes you guys aren't aware, but I'm working some of that distance Reiki with you, if I'm sensing something through, or if I'm telling you to, um, sometimes you'll hear me tell somebody to make a loud exhale through their, when they're exhaling to help clear some of the energy in their throat. I'm trying to move some of that through for them. Mm. Um, in my own practice, I integrate Reiki into my breathwork practices. I don't integrate breathwork into the Reiki. I, I, really mm -hmm. don't do any Reiki separately. I do it as part of a larger practice. And I mean, how, how do you transmit 
that Reiki energy? I mean, is it just a thought or, because that's the part I don't understand of people, especially in some of these sessions. Yeah. They're like, um, just, you have to just be open to receiving the Reiki. Um, yeah, there is definitely a piece of that, which is why. So oftentimes I won't even say that I'm doing it because people mm. are like, oh, you're doing it. Okay. Okay. And they're like, <laughs> right. They'll be like, okay, I'm going to feel it. <laughs> right. Like, and then they don't feel it. And they're like, okay, did I get it? Did I do something wrong? Something? Um, so as a trained Reiki practitioner, there's an opening sort of prayer or a way you open up a session to do the Reiki. And so for me, I don't go into the world like wide open, blown open, or I would literally like in the grocery store have a hard time. So it's an intentional setting that I do in the moment to open the channel of the energy. Mm-hmm. And then I specifically shut it down as well at the end of the session to to close the connection. Mm-hmm. So specific to this listener group here, how do you think that these types of healing modalities might be able to help? I mean, one thing I do like to touch on a lot with breast cancer specifically is there is some research into, well, obviously like the stress connection, stress disease connection is, is huge, but also, you know, specifically with breast cancer patients, they, they have found there is a certain personality type and it's a personality type that overextends that has problems nourishing themselves above others. And, um, there is oftentimes a trauma that happened Mm. possibly three to five years prior to their diagnosis. And that's part of my story, which I always thought was interesting. I mean, you'll never be able to really know what specifically caused your cancer, but when you start to do that inventory, oftentimes they see that come up and in Eastern, like sort of traditional Chinese medicine with, you know, the breasts symbolize nourishment and um, nurturing that feminine. So there is a lot of healing that connects to that part of yourself and potentially your lack, um, your, yeah, the struggle that you've had in nourishing and nurturing yourself. Yeah. So I think that it's a really important piece to this. Um, I always like to say, you know, you have to find what works for you, which is why there's chocolate and vanilla ice cream, right? Everyone (laughs) has something, you know, that resonates with them. So for some people, a mantra-based meditation may may work for them and sitting down and repeating a mantra every day. For some people, a guided meditation, for some people, a sound bath, for some people, breath work. It's a matter. And for some people, you know, I wake up and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do today? And every day I listen to what resonates with me in that moment. So some days I'm doing breath work. Some days I'm doing a guided meditation. Some days I'm doing my mantra. The most important piece though, of all of this is no matter what you choose to do, you find something that works for you. So I'm a big believer. Like I never went to an ashram. I'm not a vegan. I can sit here and talk to you about, you know, designer clothes and I can talk to you about spirit guides. It's important (laughs) that you, well, and I think my main mission in my practice is to make this all accessible to the at. And I don't want to say the average person, like in the sense of like, we're average people, but in the sense of 
especially for those that don't think they can do this, for those that can't find it. You know, I have clients that start out with one minute a day, literally breathing for one minute. Mm. And you slowly build because if you've ever worked out or if you're a runner, you didn't start running five miles the first day you went for a run. (laughs) You started with a half mile or a mile. So to your point, as it relates, circling back to your question, self-care is so paramount, especially for women. Yeah. Because we are givers and nurturers by genetic. I mean, it's just by evolution, by genetic, it's who Mm -hmm. we are. Whether you have children or not, whether you're in a partnership or not, your inclination is to focus outward Mm -hmm. and to think about those and around you. And so it's also part of my work to really work with women to find that time for yourself, to set it on your calendar as an item, to make it accessible, to find something that resonates with you. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be a task. It might be in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the first time you went running or the first time you started to work out, like wasn't the most fun, but it's finding that peace of mind in it. It's finding that, that self-care and that the other thing that I think is so important is we aren't practiced in listening to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're really practiced in hearing the outside world's voice louder than our own. And so in class, oftentimes you'll, you know, you'll hear me say, connect with your heart. What Mm -hmm. does your heart have to say in this space of quiet and stillness? Yeah. Listen, because we don't. And so that's something that I think as part of your healing journey and your listeners healing journey is, you know, what is this experience teaching you and what can you shift and change? How can you focus more on self-care? How can you focus on nurturing and nourishing yourself? Yeah. And whether that's meditation, whether it's going for a hike and just connecting with nature, you know, there's, so many different ways to do it. And it's just finding what works for you. Yeah. I I love that. I think, I think the listening, just getting quiet enough to listen is so important. And, you know, the way I like to frame the cancer experience in my practice and is yeah, that this is a big mirror and it's got a message for you and you're at a crossroads. You can really take it whatever direction that you want to. And you know, there, you may not be ready at one point, but I want to have a, you know, I want to plant all these seeds because we need a toolbox, just like you said. Um, so it's nice having all these different tools and, you know, so some of the women who are, would this be an appropriate thing to do during treatment? Like if you've had a surgery or if you've had chemotherapy, do you think it's, it's still accessible to, to people. I think, I mean, with doctor's permission, obviously, because yeah. it will, um, breath work specifically is going to move the energy and it's, you know, you're really breathing deeply. So yeah. right after surgery, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, during treatment, I don't see why not, but again, mm-hmm. it would be with doctor's permission, mm-hmm. meditation, 
is a beautiful thing to incorporate, mm-hmm. you know, from the beginning. That is right. something um, there's, you know, Unplug has an app, Insight Timer, there's Headspace, there's Calm, there's 10% Happier, Tara Brock. I mean, I could go on and on and on with yeah. all the people that you could just put in your headphones and listen to a meditation in your experience, you know, in whatever experience, a lot of practitioners like myself in private sessions will record a meditation. So it's personal to what resonates with you. Um, but that's something you can do from the very beginning, um, breath work. I would recommend just making sure your doctor's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it is, it does feel, I mean, I think it's appropriate that <laughs> typical sessions you're doing only like 25 minutes. Cause it, it's intense. It's very intense. It doesn't, I wouldn't say it feels athletic, but I have to kind of brace myself. Like I only do that once a week. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've thought about doing multiple classes a week just cause I, the way my membership is, but I'm like, I think I only, <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure if, you know, and I mean, different weeks is a, are different stories, but yeah, I usually take your class and then I, Um, I know you always say after the class to drink a lot of water or you talk about, you know, maybe taking a shower or a bath. How does the water, I mean, what is that all about? So for me, for, you know, there's different ways to ground yourself after the session. And this is, these are the times where I miss the in-person classes when I was able Mm -hmm. to go out into the lobby and actually talk to people and sit with them and, you know, I would see some people and I would have, I would give them a piece of paper and put them in the, in the courtyard to go journal, or I would tell somebody to take off their shoes and go stand on the ground so they could ground, um, you know, drinking the water, especially I like to do warm water after because it helps to just further cleanse and clear things out. Epsom salt is a beautiful, beautiful way, an Epsom salt bath Mm -hmm. to help remove negative toxins and energy. So it's just another way to keep the process, the detox moving. Mm -hmm. For those that don't have bathtubs, I would recommend a hot shower because you could just feel the water as another way to just cleanse and clear you through. So water holds energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a beautiful, it's just a nice way to sort of move things through. I take an Epsom salt bath almost every night. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just my way to clear and cleanse from my day. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, it's so relaxing too. When I really notice the difference in my sleep quality when I've taken and with the Epsom salt, you've got that magnesium, it's the Mm -hmm. minerals that are infusing and kind of allowing you to just relax physiologically. It literally balances you out. Um, and it's really great for your muscles. If you have any tightness or any issues mm -hmm. in muscles, aches, Mm -hmm. Epsom salts are amazing for that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, when we talk about like clearing trauma, um, you know, you, you mentioned before, like it's, there's, you're overly oxygenating the blood. What, well, I mean, how does breath work clear trauma? I, I could you touch on that a little bit more? So I mean, is, that's a huge question. Yeah, no, it is. It, it is. But basically, what's happening is because of the way that the oxygen is, we're over oxygenating our brain. So it's and the blood flow and all the different physiological aspects of what's happening when you do this, you're getting out of your head. 
-hmm. So your head starts to sort of not shut down. I don't want to say like to scare people, but you're getting out of your head and you're getting into your heart. And the way that it helps to move the trauma is because you're tapping into your body in a subconscious way. Mm. And so the trauma that's stored in your body starts to sort of, if you allow it, right? Mm -hmm. You, our minds are very powerful. So you very easily could sit there and be like, nope, not going to go there. Oh, it's coming up. Nope. Pushing it back down into that Pandora's box. The breath work through this just opening. I mean, because that's really what you're doing is you're being blown open. So, Mm -hmm. and you're, the more you surrender to it, you know, in, in class, I always like to give permission to experience what you're experiencing today, mm-hmm. because your experience last week is going to be different than your experience this week, potentially. Definitely. You may not have the cramping in your hands this week because that's not where your body's at. We're different every moment, right? And so the way that the science, it's so, I need to get a more succinct because I could probably do an entire podcast just on the <laughs> science behind this. Yeah. But the simple way to, to sort of summarize it is the way the oxygen, the over oxygenation, because you're kind of hyperventilating is, I mean, for a lack mm-hmm. of a better way to explain it, you're safely hyperventilating in a way. And that, and that's why for me, I don't, I won't ever record my breathwork sessions and give them out because I want to be able to be there in case somebody's having an experience. So yeah. even virtually, like I'll always have the chat up because I want to know that that person is safe in their experience because it can be overwhelming. It can mm-hmm. be. I mean, my husband hates breath work, like <laughs> will not do it. He doesn't like the feeling of it, right? He'll meditate. Mm-hmm. He'll do other things, but that's not for him. Yeah. Then I have other people that want to do breath work. If I would do it with them every day, they love, they've seen such like unbelievable growth in them, in themselves and awareness and an opening. And it just, it makes things clearer. So the trauma that you thought you never could let go of, suddenly you realize it's not holding you anymore. You are in control of it. It doesn't get to control you. Yeah. And it's, it's those moments of, of awakening that you have in a breathwork session of, you're right. Okay, I can start. And it's, it's peeling the onion, mm-hmm. right? You're never going to get rid of it all in one full swoop because it's unsafe. Um, I think one of the songs I play has the lyrics, if you're strong enough to let it in, you're strong enough to let it go. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's so much of the trauma piece of breath work, right? Like you've been carrying this around for whatever reason. And you've been like, you know, hauling this trauma with you. And in this moment right now, you can decide, do I want to keep carrying this? What's it doing? How's it serving me? Or do I want to start to work to release it? Yeah. To to learn the lessons it had to not, you know, forgive the person, so to speak, that maybe was part of it or caused it, but to just be like, I release it. It's not mine to carry anymore. I don't, you're not, you know, it's not, it doesn't deserve 
that much space in my body. And so the breath work helps to just clear that through and release it and mm-hmm. open you up. I mean, I don't know if you've had a blissed out like cosmic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, almost every time after your class, I mean, I, I, yeah, but I also love that I don't have to, I mean, sometimes I come in with an intention or, and I love how you set up your classes with like a theme. Um, One of the ones you recently did was sort of about stepping into your power or, you know, just um, not limiting yourself, but I don't have to think about the trauma that I'm releasing. It just, it finds it on its own. And I do Mm -hmm. feel lighter. I mean, it's, it's a, and it also, I think what's so amazing about breath work is that it's, there is a very physical, at least for me, I know you say that, that every class is different and some days you're, you may have sensations, some days you may not. Um, I typically do. I, I get a lot of the tingling. Um, you also, I love how you work with, the sort of like primal screams and the laughter, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what is, could you talk about that a little bit? (laughs) My favorite part of breath work. I always (laughs) love it because I always love like, like scream. What? Um, so one of the pivotal pieces with breath work is to let out either a scream or a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't always, not everybody does it in every class, but you know, if you think about a scream and a laugh are sort of two really intense emotions on opposite ends of the spectrum. What the scream does is it helps to release the energy and get it moving within your body. So it's not, you know, it's, it's always so interesting to me when I'll have a client that's like, I don't scream. I don't know how to scream. Right. And I'm like, okay, well then this is like a great practice for you because you need to know how to scream and it feels so good. Right. So you truly let out this scream and it is like, I mean, think little kid temper tantrum, like it is scream. <laughs> and every time I do it afterwards, I may, that might be what opens up the tears mm-hmm. or that's what opens up so much more space in my body yeah. to breathe in more air. And so it's just a way of moving and releasing more energy. Mm-hmm. I do miss the times in class because the laughs are contagious. And <laughs> oh, so, I can only imagine. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was so amazing when we would do a laugh in class because it would just sometimes go on and on because one person would get somebody else going and it would just be like this beautiful cacophony of laughter. But mm-hmm. um, but the screams are so powerful and it's not something as adults we allow ourselves to do. Very rarely do we have permission to just, you know, scream. And there used to be, when I would teach in person, there was a gentleman who was, he used to come up and always thank me for giving him permission to scream. Because I would say like, stomp your feet, right? Like pound your fist, get angry with this. Mm -hmm. And he was brought up in a family that didn't give permission to do that. Yeah. And so having this space to feel this like, you know, release of this anger or tightness or rage at times um, mm. is really healthy because otherwise we bottle it up. And what happens when we bottle it up? A lot of times bringing this full circle, mm-hmm. it becomes toxic in our bodies and that yeah. toxicity leads to illness. 
Yeah. And I know you also say, I mean, just so people know you, you can scream into a pillow. You're not necessarily going to like scare your family or your neighbors. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could though, I mean, you could scream if you wanted to, especially in these virtual classes, but yeah, I usually have a pillow over my face. And you've also said before, like, you know, you don't necessarily have to actually let out the scream like you can do it silently. And I found that's pretty powerful for me as well. But I do like the resonance in the throat because I tend Mm -hmm. to hold energy there. Um, I thought, yeah, it's very helpful. And the laughter, yeah, even with the laughter that can sometimes lead to the tears. Like, you know, it's, it's so illogical sometimes, but for somebody who is a very type A personality or logical person, I think the breath work is such a beautiful way to access these more subconscious types of emotions. Um, yeah, I love, I just, I just love it. It's been so powerful. It is very powerful. And I too, you know, it's in my personal world. So often I'm a type A, I'm getting much better getting it's <laughs> like, but, um, you know, in my work world, I'm not at all, but it is, it's, it's a moment. Breath work provides this beautiful moment to just let your brain shut off. Yeah. Almost even more so than meditation, because oftentimes in meditation, your brain, you know, we have that monkey mind that keeps mm-hmm. us moving and focused on other things or other things come in. Breath work, there's something about the breathing. There's some that we, you just can't. Your yeah. brain just has no choice but to but to sl- shut down a little bit. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, I've, I've really found that. It's that active breath, as simple as it is, just the three-part breath, it just locks you out. Like, I don't, I don't think at at all. And and I've been meditating for like over a decade, (laughs) but yeah, with the meditation, you're, you're kind of, you're the observer, you're the witness with breath work. You're just sort of like, you're releasing, you're letting go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's amazing. And, and I know you've mentioned, well, it seems like breath work because of these sometimes very intense physical and emotional releases. It's not something that someone would necessarily want to do on their own. Would you agree with that? I, that's my philosophy for this. I think that working with a trained practitioner is really important. Yeah. Um, I do know that there are recordings out there that you can do on your own. And for some that's, that's perfectly fine. I just think that because of the potential for the experience, I know that oftentimes it's helpful to have somebody there holding space for you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what at the end of the day I'm doing, I'm holding space for somebody to have their experience to, you know, when we used to be in class, I was holding, you know, holding your head when you're crying, when I have a private client, I'm, you know, it's a bespoke session. So I'm guiding them where they need to be, but holding the space for them to experience while they're there and to have somebody do that for you when you are having this intense emotional experience is helpful. You might be somebody that's like, no, I'm all good. And if so, there are breathwork videos or not videos, but um, recordings out there that you can, you can do. Mm -hmm. I also think that having the, 
the practitioner there really helps you just establish that feeling of safety at the beginning of the session. And you specifically, you have an incredibly calming and warm energy. You know, I think that really helps people access some of this stuff better, just knowing that they're there. And then, you know, if, if someone were to have an, a reaction, a really intensive, you know, cry or that, what, what's the name of te- Tetany. Uh, so tetany, could you give the definition of tetany? Because I think that's something that is, to me, that is such a trippy element of breath work, yeah, but I like so, it. <laughs> I know, right? And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, wait, yeah, wait, you're bummed. Where'd it go? What happened, right? <laughs> I know, I don't get it often anymore. Um, so what it is, is it is the blood flow because of the over oxygenation in your body leaves your extremities first. So if you've ever skied or been in cold weather, the places that get cold first are your fingers and your toes. So what happens when you're doing breath work is your jaw, your hands, your feet cramp because of the movement of the blood and the lack of oxygen to your extremities. Mm. So they get really like almost lobster clawed or clawed, Um, you know, but it's interesting. I mean, I'll just give an example. I had a client who at the height of during like the hashtag me too situation had a, you know, her husband was caught up in it and she had all this that she was holding back in her throat and in her, you know, the negative energy that she was holding her during the breath work, her jaw cramped, you know, Mm -hmm. so severely because all that negative energy. And by the end of the session, she's like, oh my gosh, she was like, I I didn't even realize how much I was holding there. Yeah. That just released through when she let herself acknowledge and surrender to what she really was holding. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece of this too. So often you know, we're trained to just push it down and ignore, push it down and ignore, push it down and ignore. Well, it has to go somewhere and it's not vacating, you know, on its own. So Mm -hmm. that's what breath work. I oftentimes, you know, I'm a big journaler. I think journaling, I used to do, I actually was thinking I'm going to ask unplug. I used to do it unplug a lot of breath work and journaling sessions um, like Friday night special classes. Mm. So that's also, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not really sure I'm ready to, to start meditating, or I'm not really sure I want to try breath work, you know, maybe start journaling or even a gratitude journal is a beautiful thing. Um, I do that. I, I do two separate journals every day. I have a gratitude journal and then Mm -hmm. that I got on Amazon. It's, It's so easy or you can just make it yourself. I just happened to get one for my kids. So I got one for myself. Um, and then regular journaling, just to let yourself have that time to, to let it go. Absolutely. We, we talk a lot about, a lot about journaling. It is, it is a big part of my practice and, and I just love it. And I love that a lot of people are talking about journaling right now. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, I, I like to say that it kind of allows you to empty your brain and just, it kind of moves things from your subconscious to your conscious mind and allows you to, to let them go in a, in a really interesting way that complements a lot of these other therapies that people yes. do. 
And, you know, just going back to with the, the, tet, the tetania or tetany, tetany. Okay. Yeah. Like at, it, at the end of the class too, I mean, just to people are afraid of having these sensations. I love how at the end of the class, you go into that deep relaxation. And, and when you release the breath, there is a whole section of the class that you're really just allowing things to calm down. So, you know, there is a moment for people to be able to, it, it does dissipate. The technique goes away. Um, yeah. It, if someone, um, yeah, I just think that that's an important thing to note because I remember before I, I did breath work before unplug, um, it was at a retreat and we were doing it like every day. And, um, it was, it was such a new experience for me and something that I had never tried. And it was, it was intense. Like, I, I think that is a really crucial part of the class and it's almost like a Shavasana mm -hmm. at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way I describe it at the end of the session for anyone that's ever done yoga, you really are dropping in. And that is like the, you know, the cherry on top of the practice yeah. in a lot of ways, because you just are laying there, but that is when the magic starts to happen in so many ways, because mm. you're just taken and, you know, you're at that point, so dropped in and so deeply connected mm -hmm. that the, you know, the awareness comes, then the awakening comes, then the, um, the, you know, aha moments come then. And that's also when our body comes back into alignment in the mm -hmm. sense of, you know, the pieces that need to release or release the pieces that are ready to sort of come to the surface, come to the surface, but the tet, um, you know, and it's T-E-T-A-N-Y. So it's tetany or tetany. Um, it's, you know, you can also, if ever it does go away because people are always like, oh my God, this is going to let, it goes away. It <laughs> yeah. does not last. Um, you know, but some of the other things you can do to always ground yourself. And these are things you can practice on your own. Like if you're ever really feeling ungrounded in your day, take your shoes off and just go stand barefoot in the grass. Mm -hmm. Or there are times after I've worked with a client, I'll just go and actually put my hands in the, in the ground and mm -hmm. just sort of feel the energy recycling, recycling, excuse me, back into the earth. Mm -hmm. So there's different things you can do um, to help ground you. Yeah. And, and I know you, um, well, let's talk about this cacao session. What is, so that's this other thing that you do. Um, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. So cacao is just pure chocolate. I mean, it's what, you know, your Hershey's, you know, is made from or other things, but it's in its purest form. So it's considered a plant medicine. So similar to other plant allies that we have. Um, and it's ceremonial. So mm -hmm. similar to a Japanese tea ceremony and the, um, you know, and this ritual of that, the cacao sessions or ceremonies have a ritual to it. I call what I do a cacao session as opposed to a ceremony because I'm not of the descent and lineage, but I have been trained to, to work with it. So with clients, we'll sit with cacao and um, it is a heart opener. So mm -hmm. I love it because it's just one more way to access a depth 
um, and an awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, kids drink it. It's, you know, it's just literally very, very bitter hot yeah. chocolate is what it is. But it's a moment to sit and be present. I once or twice a week will do it. I journal, I pick cards, I light candles and sage and it's just a, you know, and play music. Um, it's Mayan Aztec descent. Um, there's mostly Guatemalan and Mexico is where Guatemala mostly is where the cacao comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone can order it online. It's um, yeah. Keith, I think Keith's cacao is the, the most popular one. Um, but, you know, to be able to sit in ceremony with it is, is a really beautiful um, way to connect deeper with yourself and to access that self-healing and, and self-care. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I love cacao. I think it's, I mean, I, I get cacao powder at whole foods. Is that the same thing or is it different? So a little different. You want to, I mean, again, it's the way that it's harvested harvested and the lack of, um, connection. I, as I said, I get mine from Guatemala. It's Mm -hmm. specifically ceremonial grade for cacao sessions, um, cacao ceremonies. I don't know the one, you know, cacao is everywhere, right? You can get a cacao (laughs) bar anywhere. Yeah. I don't know the purity behind that. So that's potentially the difference. And, you know, in some of these things, it's also the way you're, you're, um, taking it in. Right. So, um, with cacao, it's very slow. It's very purposeful. There's intention set, there's prayers, there's, um, similar to the Japanese tea ceremony. There's like, a yeah, there's a beauty to the the ceremony as opposed to just an ingestion. Right. Yeah. And it really deepens your breathwork practice tremendously. Oh, okay. So it would be a complimentary thing. It Um, can be to that or to meditation or mm -hmm. to even just journaling to just, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I have clients that just want to come and sit or people that want to do, you know, a group party or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just cacao. There is no breathing. There is, you know, it's just having that purposeful Mm -hmm. moment together. Yeah. So I know that you, um, so I want to just talk about how people can find you, um, you know, to, you are taking new clients, um, and you're doing things virtually and in person. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, um, I know you said you also work yeah, with small circles of people, like if people wanted to do it as a group. Mm-hmm. So I have um, some women that have put together, you know, either I put it together and it's different women that don't know each other, or it's a group of women that want to do this together. They either have a common purpose or they are just friends. Um, so circles are a beautiful way for women or men to come together. Um, and Usually the circles are 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, I similar to a class, but it's a little bit more extended. Um, so there's that option. Mm-hmm. There's my unplug class. There's my private class. 
classes that I do. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, it's Stephanie Carson underscore. Um, I used to do them significantly more regularly. I slowed down. I'm going to probably start them back up again. I feel like during the pandemic, I was doing three to four classes a week and they were, you know, really packed. And then yeah. all of a sudden summer hit and we all thought the world was going back to normal. So <laughs> like, right. Yeah. We were like, oh, what? COVID's done. We're out. Right. Um, and so the, I stopped for a little bit with the classes because people wanted, were sick of like staring at a computer oh, screen. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So now people are sort of asking for those to come back. So I'll be starting back with some of those classes and then my private. So I see mm -hmm. people individually or semi-privately or however they want to do it, both virtually, or as I mentioned, um, um, in Los Angeles outside, I do the sessions at right now in my office outside. Yeah. Um, and so you can reach out if you have any questions, um, whether it's a meditation session or a breath work or any, any of the others. Yeah. And I'm definitely, I'm going to link into the show notes, you know, all the different ways that people can get in touch with you. But I mean, I, I can imagine it would be a really lovely experience if a woman is part of a breast cancer support group and people wanted to do that, or, you know, you, a lot of us tend to stay friends with some of the people in our support groups. And, um, I think it would, be such a beautiful way to experience that community together. But if you don't feel like having that kind of experience with other people, you know, I, to be able to meet with you privately and ultimately you could meet with anybody in the entire world because of yeah. the virtual options. So I think that's really great. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add that you think would be useful for women who are going through this or who have already gone through their treatments and are now sort of looking at ways that they can continue to add to their self-care routine. I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but I think that I would just two things. One, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to reach out. You don't need to book a session to ask a question. Mm -hmm. My goal is, you know, in my path and my journey with this is to just help people and to make this accessible for people. So please don't hesitate if you have a question or you want direction to how to do something or where to go, please feel free to reach out. Mm -hmm. um, but secondarily, what I would want to say is don't think that because you've tried meditation once and you couldn't stop your mind from slowing down that you cannot meditate. Mm -hmm. Don't think that this is something that you're not capable of doing. We all have monkey minds. We all have days where we can't get our mind to stop. Um, breath work can open you up to the most beautiful epiphanies and connections um, that you didn't even know existed. And it can also help you on your path of healing. And so I would just encourage you to find what resonates with you, to listen to yourself and to find, even if you just wanna take three slow, long, deep breaths a day with your eyes closed mm -hmm. and just have that be your start to start yeah. there because it's really, you know, that self-care piece, especially after all that your listeners and you have gone through, you know, is really important. So anything that anyone can do to support that. I'm in yes. favor of. 
Absolutely. Well, I, I will say, you know, yeah, everybody's different and finding the person that you resonate with is so key because they'll allow you to access some of these pieces. And, you know, I can, I can attest that Stephanie, you are, you hold such a beautiful space, the way you hold that space and the way you guide people through this experience. And I always see in the the chat after our classes, you know, just everybody is, had such an amazing experience. Um, and I think what you're doing is so beautiful and I am just thrilled that you were able to talk to us about this today. And I would encourage anybody to reach out to Stephanie soulsanity.com. That's her website. Again, I'll link to the show notes, Stephanie Carson at Stephanie Carson underscore. That's, I think an important little Piece yeah, the, the underscore. underscore. The underscore. <laughs> I guess Who there's a lot of so Stephanie Carson, Stephanie... right? <laughs> I had no idea how many Stephanie Carsons there were in this world. <laughs> and on the Unplug um, app that is also accessible to people anywhere in the world, um, not yeah. just in LA. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, um, I for first time users at Unplug, I'm happy to gift anybody a complimentary one class. So Anyone that wants to try Tuesday nights at eight Pacific yes, um, is the unplugged class. And that's breath work, which is what Junie does. So if oh, anyone is interested awesome. in that, um, at least they were doing that. So I should, I should say that they were letting me comp people in. I hope they still are as I'm offering this, um, but, but you can also try just one glass if they don't, but hopefully they'll let me. Cool, yeah. and still do that. So that's something you can try as well. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I'm, I will see you virtually Tuesday, but thank uh, you so yeah. much. This was such a beautiful experience and thank you so much for thinking to include me and for all you're doing for everyone and on their healing journey and on your own. It's, it's really amazing. Judy. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. Ugh, I just love her. She is so amazing. If you have a chance, please check out one of her classes. I mean, it is, it's kind of a transformative experience. I cannot express enough what an incredibly talented practitioner that Stephanie Carson is. So thank you again, Stephanie, for being on the show. That is a wrap, people. Uh, we'll be back next week with more good information. I have put all of the links to how to get in touch with Stephanie in the show notes. So please don't hesitate to reach out to her there. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would super duper love to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or if there's something that you'd like a question you'd like answered, please contact me, Junie at JunieBeWell.com. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm at JunieBeWell. Facebook, Junie Boucher, NTP. Reach out to me on my website, JunieBeWell.com. And as always, please share this podcast if you think there's someone that you know that might find it useful and subscribe leave a positive review. That'll really, really help me out. And I appreciate you so, so much. So <laughs> until next week, I hope you have a good one. I hope you stay warm, dry, and safe. I hope you stay real safe because things are wild out there. <laughs> All right. I will be talking to you soon. And as always, I am wishing you well.